I'm Anthony Walsh and this is the Roadman Podcast, the show where we empower you with the tools to optimize your health, your happiness and your longevity. Today I want to explore the very chilly sounding world of cold therapy. Joining us is Joshua Church, the founder of Edge Theory Labs, a company that's been at the forefront of the cold therapy revolution. Josh is known for pioneering some truly groundbreaking work in the realm of cold therapy. Here's a little taste of what awaits you in today's podcast. When you think about ice baths or you see them on your on your Instagram feed or you see them in the algorithm, what do you see? You see people in ice. So you see people in very, very cold water and people trying to boast going for super long time. How long do you stay in for? How cold can you go and how long can you stay in for? We like to refer to this as the cold ego. <laughs> There's so many people that are suffering that can find relief the same way that I found relief through simple, effective tools like cold water immersion, like breath work. And I mean... I like to start at the beginning. Breath is free. Every shower goes cold. You get out, like, you're feeling alive. Like, you can't fake that feeling of accomplishment, of, you know, of of seeing what a 250% increase in dopamine looks like on someone's face. Like, you can't (laughs) fake that. Joshua, welcome to the Roadman Podcast. Thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great today. I, um, I'm very, very grateful that I got to do my ice bath this morning, even though I'm in a New York City hotel. So it's always a pleasure. How does that work? Because I've built these routines. Some serve me. I think we're all pretty much a product of our routines, good mm. or bad. You know, I had a friend that I was trying to deconstruct why he's so miserable at the moment. And it's actually not that much of a surprise when you look at his routines. His routine drives home from work, stressed, traffic, comes home for, that's the cue like for his bad behavior is the traffic and the stress. And then he comes back from the queue. He goes to reward, which is like a takeaway food for him. And then he jumps into Netflix and that's basically his evening. So I was like, yeah, you got a routine. You got your routine nailed. Routines can serve us or they can not serve us. How do you keep your routine when you're on the go? Yeah, it's a great question. Well, I, I, I'm very fortunate in this specific situation. So I'm in a New York city hotel. We, uh, we did a partnership with modern house Soho a hotel here and they, uh, along with higher dose, which is they have saunas, infrared saunas, sauna blankets, beauty products. So we took over a couple different hotel rooms on their 17th floor, and they put sauna and ice bath in a couple different rooms that people can go rent out. So pretty, pretty cool. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, I know. I love it. I'm like, this is especially so exciting, selfishly for me, because when I travel to New York City, I'm here for a different reason, but it just happens to be this activation. So I get to stay at this hotel and go use sauna and ice bath, which is great. But uh, I, I'm selfishly very excited about that for myself. But also the fact that there's enough demand for this right now that people are valuing and investing and seeking out this type of health and wellness and this recovery and this healing work and these routines that can be helpful, that this is a thing and that this is going to be a growing thing. So it's, it's a super exciting thing that I see. It's really interesting because when I'm traveling, I actually don't care about king size bed, mini bar, air conditioning, even proximity to the city that much. And that's all the selling points they have. What I do care do you have a gym? What size is the gym? Mm-hmm. What equipment do you have in the gym? Do you have an indoor bike? Do you have a sauna? Do you have a cold plunge? It's difficult to search that though. It almost feels like it needs a repository that we can search by these facilities. Great idea. Absolutely. And, and we're seeing this too in the industry right now, but there's a, an increasingly explosive demand for businesses, a B2B businesses. So businesses that want to put it in their amenities in their locker room and their studio, their spa to be able to offer it for customers. What was your introduction to cold therapy? 
Well, my introduction to it was getting in a trash can full of ice playing football in high school. That was my introduction to it. And I hated it. It was miserable. And I was never taught the benefits. You just knew as an athlete, you go into the ice bath to feel less sore and it worked, but never a deeper connection to it. And, and, to, and, I, and I hated the cold. I grew up in San Diego, California. I like to consider myself a sun creature. I like the sand. I like the warmth. I like the sunshine. But I somehow ventured onto a Wim Hof method retreat in Iceland um, some four or five years ago. And that was my proper introduction into cold immersion in a natural way. And it blew my mind and absolutely changed my life. I'm happy to give more context into why. That's a very bold statement. I don't love just saying, oh, yeah, it changed my life, but it truly did. And that was when I had that proper introduction into how the ice bath can not only just be helpful for recovery, but also from a mental standpoint, from a, a physiological standpoint, and a, deep, a more deeply spiritual standpoint as well, what the cold can do for us. What was going on with you that you ventured out to Iceland? I always find there's an interesting story, almost it's a breakup or it's an end of a business or it's a pivotal life moment when someone goes to Iceland for a cold retreat. <laughs> yeah, you know, one of the things that I appreciate, uh, you know, before we jumped on here, you're saying a little bit more about your story. I, I, I take you to be a, a, a very curious person and that's what led you to doing this podcast. And I, I share that sense of curiosity and one of the phrases that I've lived my life by is follow the breadcrumbs or follow the yellow brick road. Like follow the breadcrumbs of curiosity or of interest or of intrigue, the things that, that that tickle your fancy, so to speak, and follow the learnings. And I've done that my entire life. And it led me to really in this healing journey within myself, within health and wellness. So when I when I was younger, I had a bunch of different injuries, some life-threatening injuries, um, uh, almost had my leg amputated. I was bleeding internally after a botched appendectomy from appendicitis blood transfusions, long stay in the hospital. My whole body, I, I was born, my lung collapsed minutes after I was born. So I never felt good or confident or safe in my body and was always getting injured, it seemed, and just had a horrible relationship with it. And I did a yoga class once and yoga for the first time laying in Shavasana at the end, I felt, wow, this feels really good. I felt a sense of relief. And so I followed that curiosity to becoming a yoga instructor because I was like, I want to learn more about this and share this with other people as it's helped me regain mobility. It's helped me show myself that I can actually transform my body and heal. And then similarly, that put me just in the health and wellness space. So I listened to a podcast with Wim Hof and was just really inspired by his message of us being in control of our own strength, our own health and our happiness. And went on the website to try to find a workshop near me. This was early on, so there was not there was only like two workshops in all of America that were far away, so I couldn't do that. But I saw there was a retreat to Iceland. I always wanted to go to Iceland, so one of those moments where it was seemingly uh, seemingly life defining, where I said, "You know what? I'll just book this trip to Iceland because I'm able to. The dates work <laughs> out, and why not follow the breadcrumbs? There's some something that's pulling me out there to see to explore this, and trusted my intuition with it, and, and here we are." You said something that's really interesting there. You said a feeling. And I, I want to hone in on that because I have friends who are scientists and they always pull me up on this. They're like, where's the data? Where's the data? Show me the peer-reviewed study. And we're moving into this era. I think it's a, a pushback against bro science where we now need peer-reviewed everything. You know, my background's academia, so I do appreciate that. Mm -hmm. But also you can't undersell the importance of if I go for a walk without my phone, not listening to music in the forest and I deep breathe and I feel better after that. I don't need to see a study. I don't need to see a peer-reviewed. Because also, when you look at peer-reviewed study, it's like the effect of walking in the forest on this group of people. I actually don't care about the effect on that group of people. I care about the effect on me. And that's something that's a personal journey. You need to feel that. 
couldn't couldn't agree more. It's a feeling process, and what works for some person may not work for for you. And and in the pursuit of finding what makes you feel better, you build this you build this toolkit, and that's that's what I've done. I continuously do through equipping myself with different podcasts, different uh, teachers, different modalities, different tools. Cold immersion is one tool that I love using. Breath works another one. Yoga exercise, right? Like these are all different tools that we equip. It's like, okay. And that's one of the things I love about cold immersion is that the proof's in the pudding. Like you can't fake it. You get someone, you get yourself into a cold tub, you get someone in a cold tub for the first time or an ice bath, you get out, like you're feeling alive. Like you can't fake that feeling of accomplishment of, yeah. you know, of, of seeing what a 250% increase in dopamine looks like on someone's face. Like you can't fake that. And thankfully <laughs> there are some, some, some research or clinical research around, around some of these modalities, but it's, it's the feeling that's going to keep people coming back because you could say something, all right, this is good for me, but I don't notice a benefit perhaps in the short term, maybe long term. It's going to be a lot tougher to stick with it than something that you feel instantly or feel immediately. Roadman, I know how serious you take your goal setting, whether they're fitness or life-related goals. If you're looking for a powerful ally to support you on this journey, look no further than Huel. Huel has become my secret weapon for when I don't have time to prepare a balanced meal, ensuring I get the nutrition I need without sacrificing time or taste. Plus, it stops me from reaching for the takeaway menu. I always throw a bottle into my backpack when I'm heading into the city to work, and it stops me eating croissants and junk food, you know, just generally stuff that don't support my training goals. It's handy and it's nutritious and it's over 22 grams of protein. Huel's perfect for athletes who don't have time to cook or prepare food before a training session. It's convenient, nutritious fuel at your fingertips, ensuring you hit your daily fueling needs for your session. Huel Ready to Drink has over 26 vitamins and minerals in every single bottle. You're getting a whopping 175 health benefits. Plus, they're all natural ingredients, stuff like topeka, sunflower seed, coconut, and more. And the best part... The flavors are amazing. Eight mouth-watering flavors. Iced coffee is in my backpack at the moment. You can get your hands on Huel ready to drink directly to your home just by going to huel.com forward slash roadman. That's huel, H-U-E-L dot com forward slash roadman. Okay, so let's dive into the call. So someone that's listening to this podcast now and they've zero exposure with it maybe you know they've listened to one or two huberman talking about it or the memes that are becoming these huberman husbands on tiktok that are going viral which are hilarious but can you talk to me about the basic underlying principle behind cold therapy and why someone should consider using it yeah absolutely so really what's happening with cold therapy is you're giving yourself a vascular flush so through your vascular system your cardiovascular system your blood vessels your veins your arteries you're giving yourself a flush and i like to kind of break it down into couple different key benefits. As athletes, we know that ice baths help, right? They help with inflammation, they help with muscle soreness, and there's great research in clinical research studying this. Athletes go into ice baths after they perform and it helps them be less sore the next day. This is studied. So there's a deep inflammation reduction from a key benefit factor. And we also know that inflammation is the, the root of all modern disease and is the root of a lot of disease that we feel in our body or the root cause of a lot of different different conditions we might have. So flushing inflammation, fantastic. We all need we all need more of that, especially in the modern world that we're living in where we're just getting a steady drip of cortisol and high inflammation levels. So you're flushing inflammation from a physiological level, decreasing muscle soreness. So that's great for just recovery and just overall health and, and also your immune health as well when you're getting that flush, that lymphatic, lymphatic flush and that flush of your cardiovascular system. So that's number one. And then number two on the mental side, 
So you got these physio- physiological benefits, you have these mental benefits as well that come through. You that are that's observed within, like I mentioned just a few minutes ago, two hundred fifty percent increase in dopamine, a feel good chemical. That's wild. And then you see over five hundred percent increase in norepinephrine, which makes you feel alert and alive. Those are those are some levels of norepinephrine that are witnessed in bungee jumping or skydiving for the first time. So you feel that rush of energy, focus, clarity. And then the last part of that mental benefit that I'll say as well is resilience and stress capacity. You're doing. You're building resilience. Like going into the cold water is not fun. <laughs> it doesn't matter who you are. It's not fun to do. And therein lies the benefit. You do something that you don't necessarily want to do, but you feel good after. You get the inherent reward after. You're closing a dopamine loop and you're just doing something difficult. You're, you're also training your body to learn what real stress feels like. You get in the cold water, your body's like red alert. This is stress. And then you have a feeling for that. It kind of increases or raises your stress ceiling, your stress capacity. I notice this all the time. I know everybody else that I talk to that does cold immersion feels this where the other little things that might otherwise stress you out don't bother you anymore because you've increased that stress tolerance for the day by doing the hardest thing. That's why I like doing it first thing in the morning too. So those are a few things. That's a really interesting point. I love to pull at this thread that connects high performers. You know, I've chatted to some of the best athletes in the world, authors, academics, playwrights. And I'm fascinated by that. What's the connection between them? One of the connections that I found is they keep promises to themselves. So they say they're going to work out at 6 a.m. They set the alarm. They work out at 6 a.m. They say they're going to have a certain meal because it's healthy and aids their performance. They eat that meal. They say they're going to go to bed at a certain time. They go to bed at a certain time. And each one of those actions, when we make a promise and we fulfill that promise, it becomes a vote for the type of person we want to have. It's like casting a ballot for our identity. So I think when you get into the cold shower or you get into any cold immersion system, you're voting for that type of person that you want to be. Well, something that I'm curious on as you were talking there, like what is the minimum effect of dose to experience these benefits, the, you know, dopamine, neuroephedrine hits? Thank you for asking that question. I love that question. And totally on the same page as well of those votes and votes of, of, of who you want to become and, and building that trust in yourself, right? You're building trust in yourself. If you say you're going to do something and do it, you're building that sense of trust within yourself. The, the minimum effective dose based on this research, and this is something that there's a big misconception of right now, because when you think about ice baths or you see them on your, on your Instagram feed or you see them in the algorithm, what do you see? You see people in ice. So you see people in very, very cold water and people trying to boast going for a super long time. How long do you stay in for? How cold can you go and how long can you stay in for? We like to refer to this as the cold ego, which there's no ego where we go. And this is, there's no science that supports that that's out yet at least. What the research, the one of the major research papers, um, Dr. Susanna Sto- Soberg out of Scandinavia, she's re- she's been on Huberman, she's referenced a lot in this field, she's been a pioneer in the space. There's a great paper that's done that, that's witnessed at 14 degrees Celsius or 57 Fahrenheit for 11 minutes per week, roughly. That seems to be the minimum effective dose. So you're talking about two to three minutes a day, a couple days a week at a temperature of 14 Celsius or 57 Fahrenheit, which is not that cold like that's quite mild compared to freezing point of zero degrees or 32 right that's there's a lot of variation there so it doesn't need to be that cold and you don't need to be in there that long so when you see people that are sorry, sorry trying to jump do- in and cut across you just to clarify it uh, for listeners how is that how does the temperature of a cold shower line up with that i know obviously cold showers differ in temperature where you're typical flick it onto cold yeah it, it totally depends on where you're at a good way to gauge how cold the water coming out of the tap is from a cold shower is based on 
whatever the low is from the place that you're staying, like if in New York City, I'll look at whatever the low is, how cold it's going to get. Um, obviously above freezing when your places that are freezing, it's going to be just above freezing as cold as the shower gets. But during the summertime, whatever that might be, if it's, if it's 55 is the low, then 55 is typically the tap water that's going to come out of a hose, for example. And it totally varies. It totally varies on, on the whatever, if you have some sort of cooling capacity built into your, your water system. One of the big unlocks I had with cold water immersion, I grew up and my mom pretty, traditional Irish mother. She came from rural Ireland, had like a high school education, never went on to third level education, definitely wasn't an academic. And one of the myths that I now know to be a myth that I grew up with was being cold will make you sick. So that was like a wrap up, you're going to get cold. And that's why I avoided cold water. And I would have even had the perception that if I was in cold water, oh no, I'll be lucky if I don't get a cold from this. Interesting, right? It's wild how that's changed. Was there an unlock point there where the research kind of tipped the other way or somebody disproved it? Or where did that, you know, sea shift take place? It, it, it's a good question. I don't know the answer, to be honest with you. The only thing that I do, the only thing I do know is there's, you know, there's research benefits showing actual increase in immune system support from cold exposure. Um, so I, I don't know to be to be exact. It's, that's a, it's a really good question, but I'm curious. I'm, I, I have some suspicions, but I'm curious of where one where that came from and two where that shift has happened. Because I know it's still a common thing. You think don't go outside, you're going to catch a cold. But I think yeah. it's just a, it's a common it's a common myth. It's a common thing. I, I, there might also be something. I don't know if this is different, but uh, if you have long hair and your hair is wet and you go outside, maybe that elicits some other type of response. I'm not I'm not sure to be honest with you, but it, it is fascinating. I have heard that and. Thankfully, like for myself, I, I, I'm able to take care of myself while I do the cold all the time and, and my body stays and my immune system stays very strong and I stay in a great sense of, of health and balance for, for, for years at a time. Um, so I can say that for myself and other people. For the first time in years, I have really big targets that I'm super passionate about this summer. And although the warmer months are approaching, I don't want to slip into that trap I see so many riders falling into, just riding around with no focus and no aim with their friends simply because the good weather is starting to arrive. I'm still using my Watt bike almost daily to keep me sharp and on point with specific sessions all the way into my target events, Rift, Migration Gravel and Leadville later this summer. That's why I'm really happy to be partnering with Wattbike. The Wattbike, Adam, it's sitting next to the desk in the recording studio. And if I have an error between interviews, I jump on. It's removing all those friction points for me. No more 10-minute setup, unfolding legs, banging my knees off stuff, connection issues. It just works every single time. The Adam is perfect for riding Zwift because it has those crisp gear changes. Boom, boom. 1% power accuracy and max gradient capability of 25%. If only my legs had a max gradient capability of 25%. Even if I'm riding those steepest climbs on Watopia, it's absolutely fine. I'm actually riding that custom gearing setup. So if I'm riding a particularly hilly route, I'll select a more climbing suitable gear ratio. It's the business. If you're looking for an indoor trainer, if you're looking to stay sharp this summer and not lose that hard-earned fitness over the winter, I couldn't recommend the Watt Bike setup any higher. It's the last indoor trainer you're ever going to need. Head on over to whatbike.com now and check out their full range. A 
few years ago, I saw a huge gap in the market for an app that was like a cycling coach, but in your pocket. I knew that AI was ultimately going to be the best coach in the world. And I spent about two years of my life trying to make this app happen. Unfortunately for me, it didn't happen. But ever since then, I've kept a really close eye on this space to see if anyone else could succeed where I failed. The Breakaway app caught my attention a couple of months ago because Christian Vandeveld, yep, the Christian Vandeveld who came fourth in the Tour de France, is one of the co-founders. And it seems that the Breakaway have created the ultimate cycling training companion and they're bringing low-cost coaching to the masses. You'll know from listening to the podcast that my pet peeve is when cyclists head out the door with no plan, no goal, and just roll around without an objective. Don't be that guy! The Breakaway app looks at all your historic training data and it builds a plan around your strengths and weaknesses so you're always going to have the perfect session. They also have integrations which I'm really excited about, Whoop and Aura Ring. The reason I've previously ditched my wearables is because the data just wasn't informing my training. No longer the case. Head on over to roadmantrial.com and you can download their app for free. That's roadmantrial, R-O-A-D-M-A-N-T-R-I-A-L.com and download the app for free. The link to this is in today's show notes. So what's the ideal protocol if you have access to... Talk me through how protocols would differ because I know there's not going to be an ideal protocol because people are going to have different equipments. If I have a coal shower, if I have, you know, a purpose-built cold immersion chamber like from your company or if I have access to the sea, how is my protocol going to differ from exposure length to warming up after? Yeah, another great question. And we, the, the real answer is it depends. And one of the things that we talk about at Edge Theory Labs, that the approach that we bring when we're facilitating cold, cold water immersion is what we call a goal-oriented approach to cold water immersion. Because truthfully, the way the protocol or prescription, if you will, for someone who gets off a 100-mile bike ride and wants to flush their legs and feel less sore the next day is going to be different than someone who wants to increase their metabolism and lose weight, which is also going to be different than someone who, like my mom, who likes to go in for um, energy and to feel relief from her arthritis. Right, so it, it, the really answer is it depends, and we want to look first at what is the goal that you're seeking. If you're if you're trying to do something, if you're trying to do uh, muscle soreness reduction or inflammation reduction, I might instruct or I might personally, when I was training for my Ironman, I did a lot of just lower body for five to ten minutes at you know around a fifty degree temperature, and then I would bring my upper body in for the last to get that full body flush. But that localized longer time in with just the legs at a slightly cooler temp works well. But for myself now in the morning, now that I'm done training, and if I'm just if my goal is to just feel alert, feel awake, and keep a set of promise and keep a promise to myself, like we were talking about, and start my day off with something like that, then my protocol is going to be probably two minutes. I don't time myself anymore, but I go in. It's just the important part of going in, regulating your breath, getting over that hump of you know your shortening breath, and then breathing for two to three minutes and then doing a head dunk and getting out. So it, it is so unique. And that's one thing that we're always fascinated on. We're also investing in doing clinical research as we speak to be able to, to create more protocols around some of these goal orientations for what you're looking to do. And I've read reports that you shouldn't do it straight after strength training. That's going to blunt your hormonal response. There is some, there's different perspectives on this, which I find fascinating as well. So the reason why people say after you do a hypertrophy or a strength training session, you don't want to go directly into the cold is because 
you know, inflammation is actually good in that case, right? Because we're tearing the muscle fibers and then the blood flow is coming. We have that pump on. And if we go into the cold, we're going to, we could flush that away essentially where we want the blood flow going there. We want that inflammatory response. But again, this now it comes back to the answer is this, it, it depends. I was talking to the director of performance at the LA Clippers NBA team. We work with them. They've got a few of our tubs. And I was asking this very question because he says after workout, he brings his guys immediately into the tub. And I said, well, what about, you know, what about waiting? Because Huberman, I think, suggests waiting three to five hours after a strength training session before going in the cold. And he says, well, during the season, my goal is that the guys feel less sore the next day so that they can work out even harder the next day. So he, his viewpoint is that there's the minimal diminishing return that you get from going into cold immersion right after a strength training session will be outweighed by the net benefit from them being less sore the next day and being able to show up and work out better. So, and that, that, that over time will have a better net gain. So there's different perspectives, which I find interesting, right? There's different perspectives and no one size fits all to this. I definitely wouldn't recommend doing like a long extended deep cooling, but doing a quick dunk or still just getting a flush might feel good. I, I go in right after I finish working out because I'm not staying in there for very long, but I still like to go in. So it depends again. <laughs> I love entrepreneurs because entrepreneurs are different to anyone else in society. They take responsibility for solving a problem that isn't really their problem. Why did you decide to set up Edge Theory Labs? Why is that your responsibility to solve this problem? Mm, great question. It's my responsibility to solve this problem because I know that there's so many people that are suffering that can find relief the same way that I found relief through simple, effective tools like cold water immersion, like breath work. And I mean, I like to start at the beginning. Breath is free. Every shower goes cold. How cold it goes, that (laughs) differs. But breath is free and every shower goes cold. So we start at the basics. But then when you build yourself up and you build as part of a routine, then you want to have better access to two more consistent tools that can help you achieve what you want. And, And that's where it was a need for myself. And I saw a need for other people. I mean, there was people coming up once my cousin and I did like a DIY tub, people were asking us, can you build something like that for us? Like, I don't have any interest in really building like something like that for you. But then I I really do feel and I do believe that that we have within our bodies, we have a, a wellspring of potential. We have our intuition. Like I go deep into the feeling side of things and we have that gut feeling, that intuition. That intuition is always whispering to us. It's always whispering something to us. And But we live so overstimulating in our, in our head. We live in the mental chatter nonstop, especially in the digital world. We're overstimulated. And just even being able to take a deep breath... Can shift your state so tremendously. So Edge Theory Labs to me, it's, it's more than just a tub. The tub is the first product that we have. We're working on other programming, software protocols, and products to be able to support people with this. But I, I just I know that there's so many people out there that can use these simple tools to feel better. And it's so humbling seeing and getting the responses from people that 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 are losing weight because of this or that feel energy and they're able to show up for their kids because of it. Like re- re- reviewing the testimonials that we get from people, I do often, especially when I'm feeling down, to just remember this is what we're here to do for people. And it really is powerful, healing, life-changing work for some people. That's a great idea to kind of review the testimonials. We actually have an internal channel in our team, Slack, called It Matters. And we just screen capture those testimonials or, you know, YouTube comments and just flick them all in there. And if you're having a bad day, you just flick along that It Matters thread and you're like, Jesus, like we're actually Ooh, making a I difference like that. here. We yeah. we have a we have a wins Slack channel, but I want to rename it to It Matters. That's a really <laughs> good name. <laughs> so 
what about the tech in it? Because we see during lockdowns, basically everyone was a amateur carpenter during lockdown. And I've seen some pretty bad ice bats, but I've seen some really legit ones. And one of the the common ones that I've seen that people created quite successfully was these big chest freezers. And they were filling those and building sort of a wooden structure around them with a step up. And they were pretty legit looking. What's the difference in a homemade version of this and yours? Like, talk to me a little bit about the tech that's powering this. Yeah, definitely. the The chest freezer is is a great option. I I wanted to start with the chest freezer, and that's where I came to my cousin and said, "Hey, can you help me build a chest freezer? Because you could do an all in chest freezer for like a thousand dollars with the you, you buy a chest freezer, you like caulk the inside, you do a few kind of hacks to it to allow it to cool water. It doesn't last forever." It is dangerous. People have gotten electrocuted using them, which is not good. And um, and it doesn't. It doesn't. You can make high end hacks to try to keep it clean for longer, but you still have to drain and refill it. So it doesn't circulate. There's no filtration built in, and it's not designed for humans. It's not designed for that use. So um, there's it's a lot of for ice creams. Exactly. Exactly. It's like you're not a popsicle. You're a human being. But but it's an accessible way to start for some people that get tired of buying ice. So really, once once you you know you do cold showers or you go and you buy ice every now and then. That's great, but when you want to do it consistently, you need to solve for two things. You need to solve for having cold water ready for you when you want it and clean water. Now, the ice, the chest freezer solves for cold water, and which is a big thing because it can stop you from buying ice. If you need to drain and refill it, you can do that from time to time. Maybe it's once a week, but you still got to do it. And where our product and where the, the use case for our product came was, how can we have cold, clean water whenever... I want and practically wherever. How can I have cold, clean water ready for me whenever and have it on my balcony in my apartment? Or how can we bring that with us in a really practical way to the Airbnb so we can have it before our Ironman event or after our Ironman event, right? So how can we have something that's practical and accessible in that way? So our unit has... It's built from... The tub itself is built from the same inflatable technology that they they build the stand-up paddle boards with or military boats. So it's really durable when it's up, put your full weight on it, but it collapses down into a backpack and when it's emptied and drained. And so you can travel with it or you can set it up on your balcony or set it up in a hotel room here in New York City. And then where the magic happens though, because you can just use that tub and fill it up with ice, but where the magic happens is in our chiller unit. So then we have a chiller unit that we built that has built-in filtration, circulation, cooling, and heating. So it goes into hot tub mode. So it goes up to 104 degrees Fahrenheit as well. And that just plugs into regular electric, two hoses connect the tub to the chiller, and then you press a button after you fill it up with water and it, you got a cold tub ready to go. And you can control the temperature, which is great because with the chest freezer, you can't control the temperature. It's like either super cold. Sometimes it's a brick of... I, I have a friend who had a chest freezer and sometimes we would open it up and it would be frozen. So you're just like sitting on top of a frozen block of ice. And other times it would be too warm. So there's no temperature control. There's no filtration. You got to drain and refill. Whereas our tub has temperature control along that spectrum and also has built-in filtration. So you're changing a filter once a month, keeping the same water in for months and months on end, and but it's staying clean versus draining and refilling once a week or every time you use it. Yeah, you kind of have me sold because I had an ice barrel for a little while, but I'm living in an apartment and the ice barrel is a total disaster in the apartments because you need to get bags of ice. But then the problem is, you know, as you throw more ice in, you're obviously creating more volume and so you need to drain the water. It's like, well, how do you drain the water in apartments? It's So you start connecting this hose and running it through your apartment. And my girlfriend was like, literally, it's 
me gone or the ice barrel is gone. Like both of these things are not staying in this apartment. So I'm without the ice barrel now. So look, I'm going to check this out. Uh, Thank you very much for your time today. And thanks for inventing an amazing product that I know a lot of people are going to benefit from. I appreciate it. Great to have a conversation. Really enjoyed this one. And um, keep keep asking the good questions. Keep leading with curiosity. And um, yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for having me on.